Well, good morning and welcome to uh, 2018, one day early. Hope everybody had a wonderful Christmas. My name is Randy Madison. In case I haven't met you, I'm the temporary interim executive pastor here at Kearney Evangelical Free Church. And I very much enjoyed my time getting connected with your staff, your pastors, getting to know the elder board, uh, just many of you. We thank you once again for your warm welcome to us over the past two or three months. Well, life is a lot like running a race, isn't it? Our little video clip. And the longer you live, the more you realize that life is a little bit more like a marathon than it is like a hundred-yard dash. And this morning as you're sitting here, it's almost like we're, we're poised. We're on the threshold of this new year, which is about to come upon us, and we're getting ready to take one more lap around the track of life, aren't we? And it's a great time to do a little bit of evaluation. That's what the end of the year is all about, right? evaluating. And so if you're like me on New Year's Eve, on the threshold of a new year, what do you do? You take some time and you look back at where you've been. And you look around at where you are right now. And then you take a little time to look ahead at where you think the Lord's taking you this next year. And this morning's also a great time to look up. To look up to our Lord Jesus Christ and ask him, Lord, what do you want to do in my life this next year? What is it that the Lord is about in your life this morning? And so we're going to do some evaluation today as we look at this passage of Scripture, Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. Turn in your Bibles to those verses, if you will. Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. This is a passage of Scripture which I've been drawn to personally many times over the years. And it's a passage which I found myself preaching from, especially at New Year's, many times. Let's listen to the Word of God together this morning. In fact, it's the end of a year, beginning of almost a new year. Let's stand together as we read the Word of God this morning. Would you please stand? You can follow along on the screen, or you can follow along as you read the word from your phone or the Bible or wherever you're getting it. Therefore, the writer to the Hebrews tells us, since we're surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses, let us also lay aside every weight and sin which clings so closely, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. And how are we to run this race? Looking to Jesus, he says, the founder and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame, and is seated at the right hand of the throne of God. And then verse 3. Consider him. Consider him who endured from sinners such hostility against himself, so that you may not grow weary or faint-hearted. You can be seated. Would you bow your head with me now as we ask the Lord to teach us from His Word this morning? Lord, this is Your Word. 
Pastor Adrian took us through a wonderful series in the book of Hebrews this past summer. And now here we find ourselves back in this book at the end of this year. Lord, as we look at these verses this morning, we look to you because you're the author of this book. You're the one that has given us these thoughts. Every word here is from you. And so we ask that you would speak to our hearts and that you would give us food for our souls, something that we can take home with us today and take with us into this new year. And we ask this now in Jesus' name and for his honor and glory. Amen. Well, if you remember last summer, Adrian did take us through a series in Hebrews. I wasn't here for all of that, but I did listen to his sermon on Hebrews 11. And it was a great series. And if you remember anything from that series, then you'll remember that the author that wrote this book was writing to a group of people that at the beginning of their new year, they didn't have a lot to look forward to. They were Hebrew or Jewish Christians, and they were living during the time of Nero. And if you know anything about Nero, then you remember that he was a great persecutor of Christians in the church during that time. And so as they were looking to their new year, they were looking to a year filled with difficulty and challenge and persecution and all kinds of things that they didn't want to have to face. But that was the reality of their life as they stood there at the beginning of that year. And so God gives them these words of wisdom and some practical help for running their race. And life is a lot like that. It was like that for them. It's like that for us. And that's what we're going to look at this morning as we look at these three verses now at the beginning of this chapter. I'm calling this Steps to Spiritual Success. Success in the Christian life is really faithfulness, just showing up one day at a time, each day, seeking to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And I think there are four thoughts in these three verses of Scripture that the Lord gives us that will help us run our life for His glory, spiritual success this next year, some very practical personal help for you and me. Now notice the first thought here in verse 1. Our author says, Therefore, since we are surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And notice the image that he uses here in verse 1 of chapter 12. It's this image of a stadium filled with spectators or a cross-country meet or a road race lined with witnesses. People that are watching people run their race are watching people play the game. The Greek word which is used here is an interesting term. It's actually a word which describes the place where an athletic contest took place. So, for example, how many of you are going to tune in tomorrow and watch the Peach Bowl? Could I just see your hands? Anybody? Anybody interested in how Scott Frost does tomorrow? That stadium will be filled with people. If you've ever run a road race, a 10-kilometer race, then the thing that encourages you the most is people that line that road as you're running your race. Sometimes you can't play the game without people cheering for you or people along the road 
cheering you on as you seek to run that race. That's this Greek word used here in this verse of Scripture. It describes a, a race course or a stadium. And notice it's filled with witnesses, people that have gone before us who have run their race, and they're there to encourage us as we run our race now in this coming year. And life can be agonizing at times, can't it? This is an interesting Greek word. If you've ever run a 10-kilometer race, or if you've ever played a football game, if you've ever been a wrestler, then you know that can be exhausting. That can be agonizing. And we get our word for agony from this Greek word here in verse 1 of Hebrews chapter 12. Life is like a marathon Sometimes it can be painful or agonizing. There may be somebody sitting here this morning, and that describes your life right now, this day, as you're looking to this next year. You're going through some kind of difficulty or unwanted pain, something that you'd prefer not to face, something that you'd prefer not to go through. But that's your life. And that's what I love about the Bible because it's realistic. It gives us a realistic picture of life. Life can be agonizing at times. Now, to survive and succeed in this, this race of life, we need the encouragement of other people. We need this cloud of witnesses that is described here. And you know what this is a reference to? Look back at Hebrews chapter 11 for just a moment. You have your Bible open? Just turn the page, one page back, and look at chapter 11 in the book of Hebrews. That's a description of God's hall of faith. This is a picture of all of these Old Testament believers that went before us. And they're there as an example and encouragement to each of us so that we will run our race well. They're heroes of the faith. Now, I told you that I listened to Adrian's sermon in Hebrews 11. I would encourage you to go back, get on our website, go to the message link, click on, and go back to July 30th of this last summer and listen to Pastor Adrian's sermon here in Hebrews 11. It was a wonderful message. What an encouragement. Go back and listen to that. Sometimes it's good to listen to a sermon more than once. You'll get more of it out, out of it the second time. Well, notice that these believers that have gone before us are encircling us. They're encompassing us. They're around us. And they're there as an example to encourage us as we seek to run our race. Don't try to run your race alone. A few weeks ago, I was talking to the staff here at Carney E. Free. And we were talking about a book written by Gordon MacDonald. It's called Restoring Your Spiritual Passion. Maybe some of you have read the book. In this book, he talks about five different kinds of people that we have in our lives that help us maintain spiritual passion. He talks about VRPs. He talks about VIPs, VTPs, VDPs, and VNPs. Well, what are those? Life is filled with lots of nice people. And there are a lot of nice people in this room today. You've got a lot of nice people in your life. Those are VNPs. 
VDPs are people that, that take passion or take energy from us. They drain us. And we all have people in our lives that, that take energy from us. But then there are VRPs, very resourceful people. Those are our mentors, people that have maybe lived life longer than we have, that are out ahead of us. There are, are, are people that are called VTPs, very teachable people. Those are disciples, people that are coming up behind us that we can invest in. And then there are VIPs, very important people. Those are people that are about our age that are, that are running the race with us, alongside of us. I want to encourage you this morning to look for some VRPs, some, some VIPs, some VTPs this next year. We need our, our life filled with people that are out ahead of us, that are running alongside of us, and that are coming up behind us. Those are the people that encourage us, that ignite our passion, that keep us going. People that have lived a little bit longer than we have, that we can get advice and wisdom from. People that, that love Jesus like we love Jesus, that are running alongside of us, that will encourage us as we're running our race. And then some people that you can invest in. We need others to encourage us as we run the race. So who are the people that will encourage you this next year? That's a very important question to ask yourself as you stand at the threshold of this new year. Now notice the second thought in this passage of Scripture. Offload the burdens that are holding you back. Embrace those that will encourage you. And incidentally, notice how many times the words we or us, let us run the race. Notice how many times the words we, us are used in this, these verses of Scripture, five times. This race is not meant to be run alone, the Christian life. We need one another. And then offload the burdens that are holding you back. What's holding you back this morning? What's keeping you from running your race to the glory of God all the way to the finish. I call these weights because weights are heavy. Those are the things that hold you down or hold you back, that keep you from living the way the Lord Jesus Christ wants you to live. And there are two kinds of weights that our author talks about here in these verses. Notice that he talks about those things that are heavy, that are holding us back, and then he talks about sin, which clings so closely to us, that so easily entangles us and trips us up. And we've all got that kind of stuff in our lives, don't we? What is it that's holding you back this morning? Weights come in all shapes and sizes. I've written several things in my notes here today. Weights can be worries. Maybe some of you are worrying about something today. Weights can be doubts, distractions, disappointments, things that have just things that are discouraging you today. You don't want them there, but let's be honest, you're in church. It's discouraging to you. And so it's holding you back, it's weighing you down. Weights can be some kind of pain. Or difficulty. And we've talked about that. That's part of the race that we run. And interestingly enough, weights can also be good things. 
Have you ever thought about that? Weights can be blessings. Weights can be some form of success. Something that God's blessed you with in your life, and yet it's become bigger now than God Himself. And so it's become a burden now. It's holding you back. It's a barrier. And that good thing, that success that He's given you, is actually keeping you now from running your race effectively for the Lord Jesus Christ. Been there, done that. That's happened in my life. Something that God gave me for good became something that really began to hold me back because it became more important than it should have been. Jesus Christ is the great grace giver. He's the one that's here this morning that can help you offload that weight, whatever it is that you've carried in here with you into this room this morning. That's why we read in Hebrews chapter 4, if you turn back to, to earlier in this book, it says that we're to approach the throne of grace at a time of need so that we'll find help the grace that we need to help us continue to run the race. How many of you are here this morning with some kind of need? Could I just see your hand? Anybody? Am I the only one here today with needs? We all have needs, don't we? And we can come to that throne of grace, Hebrews chapter 4, verses 14 through 16. Jesus Christ is here for you this morning. At the end of this year, at the beginning of the new year that we're going to walk into tomorrow. And he wants to help you offload whatever it is that you've carried in here with you today. Now, there are a couple of ways that you can offload something that's holding you back or weighing you down. If you've got your Bible, turn to Psalm 55, verse 22. What does the Bible say there? It says, cast your burden... On the Lord. Let go of it and let God have it. Now, sometimes that's easier said than done, isn't it? Are you like me? Have there been times where you've had something weighing you down or holding you back and you've been able to let go of it? And then there are other times where it's, it's like you just can't let go of it. Sometimes we even need God's grace to help us let go of whatever that is in our lives. Jesus Christ is here this morning to help you do that. And then look at Galatians chapter 6, verse 2. Turn back to the New Testament for just a moment. Or look on the screen. We've got the verse of Scripture here for you. And what does Paul tell us? He says, bear one another's burdens and so fulfill the law of Christ. You see, sometimes... We can't let go of what's holding us back or weighing us down without the help of somebody else. We need each other. That's that encouragement that we were talking about just a moment ago. And so I want to encourage you right now this morning again to get in a life group in 2018. If you're not in a life group or if you're not a part of our care ministry, I would encourage you to connect with a group sometime this year. Because it's absolutely impossible for the pastors on this ministry team or your elder board to meet everybody's needs in this church. That's the value of a life group. That's that group of people that is traveling along with you 
that will help you bear your burdens, those things that, that are difficulties and challenges that you encounter in the year ahead. We need people like that. And that's the second way that we can offload burdens. And then notice that word sin. That word sin means to miss the mark or to miss the bullseye. My grandson, who's going to be here in this, this next service later today, got a little, little bullseye that he's put on our door at our house right now, and he's shooting that thing in, consistently with all of these styrofoam balls or whatever they are, and they stick to the, they stick to the bullseye. Every once in a while, he misses that thing. It bounces off the door and it goes rolling into the living room. That's a picture of this word sin. It means to miss the target, to miss the bullseye. And we've all done that in our lives. We've all missed the mark. We've missed the, the center of the target. The Bible calls that sin. Now, sin comes in all shapes and sizes. Sin is personal, some sin is public, some sin is sophisticated, some sin is complex, some sin is simple. But guess what? Sin is sin. It's missing the mark. And sometimes our sins easily trip us up, and we don't see them. Why don't we see them? Because the hardest person to know is yourself. We don't see it in ourselves when we're rude or when we're angry or we mistreat somebody. The vision of our church family is what? Every person matters. And sometimes we treat people like they don't matter at all. And that's sin. We mess up. And we don't see it. And we need other people to help us see it. It trips us up as we try to run our race. So what is it for you this morning Maybe right now as you're listening to the Word of God, the Lord's tapping you on the shoulder and He's whispering in your ear and there's something He's bringing to your heart and mind that you need to unload or offload. And you need to confess it. You need to make it good. And you need to just let it go. The Bible calls that repentance. Leave it. And move forward in your life. What sins are causing you to stumble in your race this morning? Now I want you to notice a third thought here in Hebrews chapter 12. Look at verse 2. Our author tells us here at the, at the end of verse 1, in the beginning of verse 2, that we're to run this race which is set before us. If you're into underlining your Bible, highlight those words set before us. Or if you have the NIV version, it says marked out for us. Depending on the translation that you have, it can be worded differently. Underline that phrase. What does that mean? That means that this is an ordered race. Henrietta Mears wrote a very interesting book several years ago. It was called, What's the Bible All About? And as we're getting ready for this new series that Adrian's going to begin next week, that's a great book to maybe get your hands on. What's the Bible All About? And in that book, 
she talked about the book of Hebrews, and she said that our race that we're running is an ordered race. God is in control of it, in other words. It's set out in front of you, before you. You're standing at the threshold of this new year, and you don't really know what you're going to face this next year. I don't know what you're going to face. I don't know what I'm going to face. We really don't know what's in front of us. I wrote these words in my, my notes this morning. You may not know what's around the bend in the next valley or over the next hilltop, but God does know because it's set out before you. Have you ever noticed in a cross-country meet, what do the race officials do before the meet on that golf course? They get out there on that golf course, and what do they do? They mark it out. They mark it out. If you've ever run a 10-kilometer race, they mark it out, and they put little water tables there at each mile marker. It's set out before you. God knows what's out ahead of you, just like those race officials. He set it out in front of you. He's sovereign over your journey, and he knows what's up ahead. What may surprise you doesn't surprise him. What feels like happen chance to you or appears like it's an accident to you. And we have things like that happen in our lives, don't we? It blindsides us. And we don't know where that came from. It doesn't surprise him. It's not an accident to him. What seems like bad luck or good luck is something that's in his purview. He saw it even ahead of time. He's sovereign. It's an ordered race. So surrender control to him this morning. Would you be willing to do that? Just breathe in for a minute. Breathe in. Breathe out. Let him have it. Just like exhaling. Whatever it is, that worry, that distraction, would you let him have it? Because he's sovereign. He's your Lord. He wants to take it from you this morning. He's sovereign over the journey. It's a marked out race. A couple of years ago, Elizabeth and I decided to leave the church that I was pastoring in Hastings, Nebraska. And we went on a little journey to Westerlo, New York, south of Albany. You've heard that mentioned. Spent two years out there. And now here I am in Kearney, Nebraska. All the way from Westerlo, New York to Kearney, Nebraska. Who would have ever thunk it? I didn't dream that I'd be here a year ago at this time, standing here this morning. Yet God knew it. God knew I'd be here. And what a privilege to be able to come alongside of Adrian and serve him and help him as he pastors and leads this church and to be of service to the elders here and in whatever way God would have me to do. What will enable God to trust you with your journey this morning? What will enable you to do that? Write it down in your bulletin, in your notes today. God knows what's out ahead of you. He knows where he wants to take you. It's a journey of faith for all of us. And then the last thought here this morning is turn your eyes on Jesus. 
Embrace the encouragement of others. We need each other as we're running this race. Offload the burdens, the weights, and the sin that's holding you back. Trust Him. He's sovereign over the race that you're going to run. And then the last thought here is keep your eyes on Jesus Christ. Underline that phrase there in verse 1. Looking to Jesus. Underline that. Looking to Jesus. Fixing your eyes on Jesus. This is the ultimate key to running our race. Fixing our eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. This is an interesting word. It means to look away from some things in order to look at Him. Because there are all kinds of things that we can look at in our lives, right? All kinds of things that we fill our lives with. But looking away from those things that we can look so that we can put our eyes on Him. Anything that would distract us so that we can fix our eyes on Him. Look at verse 3 again. Consider Him. Can we say that together? Consider Him. Boy, that's a great word for the beginning of the year, isn't it? Look at Him. Consider Him. If you think you've got it difficult... If the Hebrew believers that this author was writing to thought they had it difficult as they were running their race, guess who had it even more difficult than we've got it? The Lord Jesus Christ. He went all the way to the cross. He finished his race. And he died in your place so that you could have life this morning. Consider him. Look to him this morning. What are the distractions that are keeping you from looking to Him today. Consider Him. Notice verse 3 again. Lest you grow weary. Have you ever been weary in life? Lest you grow weary or faint of heart. As I said at the beginning, this isn't a hundred yard dash. It's a marathon. And it's hard. It, it's, it's, at times you get weary. You grow faint of heart. You wonder if you want to even get up this morning. But he gives us the grace to face each day. So look at him. Keep your eyes on him. And notice how he's described. is the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He's the trailblazer. He's the one that's out ahead of us. That's gone before us. Just like those believers in Hebrews 11. And he's the perfecter. He's the completer of our faith. He's the one that will help us get through. Just like as he went all the way to the cross, he will help us run our ways. He's the completer of our faith. All the way to the very end. He's our sustainer. He's our sanctifier. He's our savior. He's the source of life. Keep your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the one I'll speak for myself. He's the one I need. Is he the one you need this morning? Absolutely. He's the one that we need at the beginning of this new year. So keep your eyes on Jesus as we seek to run this race. A couple of years ago, we were out in Colorado with all of our family. And my sons-in-law told me the story of a guy who climbed all 58 
14,000 foot peaks. Here's his picture. His name is Andrew Hamilton, and he did it in under 10 days. Now you tell me, how does a person find the endurance, the perseverance? We're to run this race, it says, with endurance, with endurance. How does somebody find the energy? How does somebody find the endurance, the perseverance, to climb all 58, 14,000 foot peaks in Colorado in under 10 days? In fact, he did it in nine days, 21 hours, and 51 minutes, to be exact. This is a true story. How do you find the energy, the endurance to do that? Life is a lot like climbing 14,000 foot peaks sometimes, isn't it? And you're almost there, but you need a little boost. You need energy to, to get all the way to the top. How do you do that in the Christian life? You do it by keeping your eyes on the Lord Jesus Christ. He's the pioneer and the perfecter of our faith. He helps us run the race all the way to the end. He's our example and our encourager. So as we close this morning, just one more story. How many of you have read the book Basic Christianity by John Stott? It's an old book. Somebody told me one time, if you have a choice between reading a new book or an old book, always read an old book. It's a great book. I'd recommend it to you. Basic Christianity by John Stott. He wrote this book many, many years ago. And there was a man by the name of Leslie Weatherhead who read the book. He was 78 years old. And when he read, read the book, he wrote a note to John Stott. And he thanked him for writing the book. And this is what he said. Thank you for writing Basic Christianity. It led me to make a new commitment of my life to Christ. I'm old now. I'm 78. But not too old to make a new beginning. I rejoice in all the grand work you're doing. Yours sincerely, Leslie Weatherhead. He was one of the most influential Christian leaders in Great Britain at that time. And yet... He was indebted to John Stott for writing this book. What's my point? My point is this. We've got some 78-year-olds in here this morning. We've also got some 7-year-olds and some 8-year-olds and maybe some 17-year-olds in this building. It doesn't matter what your age is, whether you're 17, 78, 78. Here at the end of this year, and as we begin next year, there's no better time than to do what Leslie Weatherhead did. And that's just re-surrender your life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Let him have it one more time. You've done it before, but what a great time to do it again as you seek to run your race for his glory this next year. Let's bow together in prayer. Lord, um, you want to change us from the inside out because what we're talking about here this morning begins on the inside. To be open to receiving encouragement from others, we've got to be vulnerable. We've got to be humble. We've got to let people see us as we are. We, 
We have to stop pretending and presenting. We have to admit that we have needs. And we desperately need the encouragement of others to run the race set before us. Lord, to offload whatever it may be that's weighing us down and holding us back, whether it's a worry, a a weight like a distraction or a disappointment, a discouragement, something unexpected that happened to us that we never predicted would, would come our way. Or maybe just some sin that we're holding on to now this morning that we know what you want. You want us to let it go. Or maybe it's just surrendering and trusting you as our sovereign Lord. You've said it before us, this journey. Or maybe it's just that our life's so filled with stuff that we can't fix our eyes on, on our Lord Jesus Christ. Whatever it is this morning, Lord, as we sing this closing song, have your will, Lord, have your way from the inside out. Change us from the inside out, Lord, we pray for your glory this year. In Jesus' name we ask it, amen. Let's stand and sing together.